So, John, which object in this flat would you least like to start talking? Which one's seen the most? Your two fish don't count. I was going to say, I feel like those goldfish have seen some shit that I'd rather <laughs> they kept to themselves. I don't know, my mark? Oh. <laughs> I like how you instantly knew where that was going. Oh, God, what a world. <laughs> well, like yours would have only positive things to say. <laughs> well, yeah, but like... <laughs> Crikey. Oh, I don't know. doesn't bear thinking about it. Some films just the way they Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. <sighs> you picked it. <laughs> this is your fault. Yep. So what do you think of Sausage Party? Sausage Party. Oh man, I didn't care for this. No? <laughs> I did not care for this film. Like, it had its moments. It absolutely did have its moments. It had some funny... It, it, I, ha- it had some incredibly well done, incredibly funny moments. I thought. Like them all falling out of the trolley and then like mm-hmm. the spaghetti trying to pull its guts back into its belly and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought, I I thought it was really good. No, I would agree. The, really, the, the, really creative the way they did it. I feel like this was an the, idea that had the bones of like a funny sketch or like yeah. an episode of like Rick and Morty. It's basically an episode of Rick and Morty. Yeah. I mean, this, is, this could be an episode of Rick and Morty or South Park or something. Yeah. I don't think there was enough of an idea to sustain a 90-minute film. No, like, I, I pretty much just said all the good things I can say about it. Yeah. Like, there's one or two scenes, really good, really creative. Yes. But then, after that... Oh, crikey. <laughs> Why isn't anybody listening to me? It's all a lie. Everything you've been told. Everything you believe in. I've been there. I've seen that shit in there. Ain't no way I'm going back. Wait, 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 wait. You've been to the great beyond? Great my asshole. Everything we've ever known is a dirt-covered pile of shit, jacking off in our fucking faces, covering our eyes with their cum, so cum-covered we can't fucking see! We don't know! We don't know they're jerking off into our eyes! Our faces! Dude, shut up! The gods are gonna hear you talking about them- They ain't gods! They're monsters! Horrible, ugly, disgusting monsters! They ain't gonna get honey mustard twice. Fuck you, gods! I've got a date with oblivion. I don't really know where to start on this. Well, why did you choose it? Because I saw the trailer. Sure. Which, this story has enough for a trailer. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the good jokes were in the trailer. Yeah. Because um, I remember seeing the trailer when it was coming out and thinking, oh, that looks kind of funny. Mm. But then I'm so glad I didn't pay to see this in the cinema. Oh, God, no. I would feel so cheated. I'm watching this with people. Yes. Because then you'd be judging people. If, if everybody else laughed at something, you'd be like, oh, God. Yeah. Who am I with? Well, it made a lot of money. This film did very well. I want you to guess, what percentage do you think this film has on Rotten Tomatoes? 70? 82. 82? 82! This terrible film has 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I read all of the reviews, I was so puzzled, because it was basically a load of critics saying, oh, it's so clever how it takes this crude concept and works in all these really thought-provoking ideas. (laughs) I'm like, What?! Just because they have a... Was that James Franco writing every one of those? Maybe he was ghostwriting all the reviews. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we'll get to it, but I'm guessing what they mean is because it's got that really heavy-handed religious aspect to it, where it's mm. like, great, so we've got a crude Israeli stereotype and a crude Palestinian stereotype, and oh, they 
they fuck at the end and that's how they solve the problem. Mm-hmm. That's intelligent, thought-provoking, <laughs> s- sneaking messages in this film? Mm-hmm. Disagree. That's a really <laughs> low bar for this film is yeah. thought-provoking and intelligent. I think it's none of those things. Can you name a culture that this film did not offend? No, I'd struggle, I don't know. Unless ones that were too obscure. They ticked off a lot of boxes. They did tick off a lot of boxes, yeah. Maybe Inuit? I don't know, were there Eskimos in this film? There might have been somewhere. Didn't, there probably didn't, was. Didn't some, see. Yeah. With the stuff where they went to the ice thing and meatloaf came along. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, actually, the meatloaf bit was pretty good. No, it was. It was like, one of those jukes because you... that was a good little pun. Yeah, yeah, but sure. Barely a pun actually, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was some good pun work in this. I mean, there was some great pun work in this. Yeah, I'll give it that. I'm kind of okay with offensive humor if it's done well. Mm-hmm. I think South Park does offensive humor very, very well. Because it plays with stereotypes in ways that I find are often quite smart and funny. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just crude, but generally South Park has something to say and it makes me laugh. Yeah, this was just like very lazy, like low-hanging fruits. Mm-hmm. A lot of the jokes in this film were just so low-hanging. Yeah. The same with all the like all the sex stuff in this film. Like I have a very crude sense of humor a lot of the time. I like a good sex joke, but for me, it has to be a sex joke. I want to fuck you. Isn't a joke. <laughs> it's just a statement. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this film was a lot of people just saying, I really want to fuck you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's funny because they're bread. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time you're like, oh, that's weird because it's bread. And and I had a lot of questions mm. about the mechanics of that. Okay, but, go on. Well, I mean, it's a sausage, mm-hmm. or like a weenie sausage, like mm-hmm. one of those horrible processed American things mm-hmm. called Frank. And a, it's a, it's a hot dog. He's a hot dog. Mm-hmm. And a bun called Brenda. Mm-hmm. Again, the names are just so memorable. Yeah. Alliterative. And yeah, and so the idea is that a hot dog getting into a bun is... Is sex. Is sex to them. Yeah. But also sex is sex to them. Because... Yeah. Because at the end, it was just a bit of everything, really. It just descends into an orgy, and it's like, there's a scene where the hot dog is basically jerking off over the bun's tits. Yeah. It's like, what's he jerking off with? Yeah. <laughs> is he the penis? Because it seems like he's the penis, because we can't... He's got those creepy little hands and feet, but he doesn't... Th- th- there's a lot of oral sex going on. Yeah. And like, well, no one has a hole. Yeah, what's well, being pleasured here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a bit where the, the bagel says, oh, my dick is so so empty now. I'm like, where is your dick? Why does bread have a dick? I don't <laughs> understand the world this film is creating. He was created a piece of bread and given it a dick. I mean, I'm sure it's happened. Yeah, but... I'm sure it has happened, but these are... But it's not with your, your no. standard bagel. Yeah, these are like processed foods. These are mm. like factory processed foods. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I was so confused. Well, I mean, at that point, it, it clearly got to just... And then they all fuck at the end. Yeah. This, again, like, it's clearly one of... When they were writing it, when yeah. Seth Rogen, James Franco and Jonah Hill or whoever were writing this, clearly while high. Yes. Someone just said, so they all fuck at the end. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's, it's an idea that's come across while they're stoned. Mm-hmm. And then they basically written themselves into a corner and had no way to finish it. And so yeah. I found the ending, both the endings, the orgy and the... Like the orgy was like... I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but it was like, you know, it was eyebrow raising. It was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you're really going for this. Mm-hmm. And then the actual ending it was like, oh, you're actually an actor called Sephiro. It was like, oh, it's so lazy, they've run out of ideas. Like, yeah, and that bit was also weird because they only did Seth Rogen and Ed Norton. Yes. Which I found really... But I thought it was going to be a sort of like a revealing of who each... Like, you know, at the end of Beauty and the Beast, the live action one. Sure. Over the credits, they just reveal who everybody was, like show the actual faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I liked it. It was nice. In this one, I thought they were going to do the same thing. Obviously, I'm not going to compare these two movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just the fact that they only did two people just it kind of disappointed me a little bit. Yeah. Because they made jokes about them both. 
Mm. You know, like, wait, I'm Jewish? And like, okay, it's not a great joke, but whatever. But yeah, yeah. I could have just done that for everybody. It would have been cool. I feel like Edward Norton was like, I'll do this film because I have this amazing Woody Allen impersonation in my back yeah. pocket. <laughs> but you're going to have to tell people that it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he felt like he shouldn't have been in this film. No. He, he's he, too good for he, this. Really, well, to be, I was going to ask, how many actors in this film have been in Oscar-nominated films? Mm, I think most of them. Well, Because got... to be honest, of that trio yeah. of James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, they all have. And has James Franco not won Oscars or at least been nominated? He's been nominated for an Oscar. Jonah Hill's been nominated for an Oscar. Uh, Kristen Wiig has been in Bridesmaid, which was Oscar-nominated. Okay. She might have been on the writing team. Seth Rogen was in Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, sure. Sama Hayek is an Oscar nominee. Edward mm. Norton is an Oscar nominee, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're really punching above their weight with yeah. the <laughs> cast of this thing. But, oh my God. I also thought it was weird with, I guess we'll get to it, but Edward Norton is basically doing Woody Allen. Yeah. It's just do it. To the point where I really thought it was Woody Allen until it came Yeah, to me too. Him. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. We've got Woody Allen in it. To do a voice role in an animated film and to just impersonate another human actor who's still alive, not like someone from the past, like someone who they could just have hired that guy to mm-hmm. do it, seems like a weird choice. Yeah, well, maybe they just wanted that guy and couldn't yeah. get him, so... No, well, no, I think it was because Edward Norton was like, hey, I've got this really good Woody Allen impersonation, mm. so let me in your film and I'll, I'll do the film if I can do this accent. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, it was an odd choice. Very odd choice. Who am I? You are the toy of a more talented and celebrated actor named Edward Norton. Edward Norton? What kind of parent gives their kid a stupid cunt name like that? I also thought this film was just, perhaps intentionally, but... Really ugly to look at. Really? The animation just looked cheap and nasty, and you know, compared to like Toy Story and stuff, it's like I don't know that. I yeah, I, they the main selling point of the film was not hey, come and look at how good the animation is, sure, which yeah. is what Pixar, DreamWorks, and Illumination are all competing for. They're all trying to do really creative big mm. animations, and this one was just sort of like, hey, it's another animated film. Yeah, it's not the best, but forget about that. Look at this. <laughs> They've all got boobs and stuff. Yeah. What did you think of the animation of Brenda the Bourne in particular? Uh, her in particular? Um, crude. Yes. <laughs> it's, the, it's the most commonly used word this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ob- obviously over-sexualised. I found it really unsettling. Yeah? Yeah. It was just like, they were so sexualized, and there was just something about it that just repulsed me. Because mm. it was like, it's a bread bun, mm-hmm. but it's got, they've shaped her so she's got like the, she's got a rack, mm-hmm. she's got a big arse, mm-hmm. and then she's got these tiny, tiny, this is the bit that really I didn't like, I thought it was the stuff of nightmares. She has these tiny little sexy human little gams at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And they're like yeah. proper like sexy lady legs, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like from a postcard from a British seaside or something. Mm-hmm. And it just looked so weird. Mm-hmm. And with her eye, and then the way her mouth was like in the slit, and then... It, 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 I, I, all I can say is it made me feel very uncomfortable and I didn't care for it at all. It's because she looks like a vagina. Yes, basically she looks like a vagina, yes. Which is what made you uncomfortable. Well, they, yes, but... Which did you prefer, the vaginas or the... Sorry, the, the buns or the sausages? Well, the sausages did nothing for me. They, they just looked like sausages. Mm. It wasn't like they had little heads. Okay. Yeah. They really went all in on the vagina. They, they did. Well, I mean, they actually say your girlfriend's a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess they were... True, true. <laughs> Dude, um, I don't know how to say this to you gently, but your girlfriend, um, she's a fucking cunt. Shut up! She's fresh as fucking, you know it. Dude, I just don't know why you're limiting yourself to one bun. There's plenty of buns out there. Because I believe in monogamy, I'm a monogamist, and when a bun this fresh is into you, all you ask is when and how deep. And the answer is, as soon as we get to the great beyond, and as deep as you'll fucking let me. 
I just, I just thought it was really unattractive to look at, and it, it just looked really cheap and shoddy, which is what it was. It's not pretending to be high art, so mm. it's not really a very. Well, fine maybe thing. it is. No, well, I don't. Know. I don't think it was aiming too high. Mm. I mean, it had certain qualities of, as well as the, it had a very good voice cast, or theoretically mm. had a very good voice cast. It also had Alan Menken did the music. Did you know that? Mm, don't know who that is. Al- Alan Menken is the guy who's written all like, the classic Disney songs, okay. like from Little Mermaid and oh, really? uh, Lion King. How did they get him? Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, apparently he was well up for it because that first song at the beginning. Mm. Um, which I thought was quite funny. Mm, yeah. That was where they got a lot of good jokes in. I did like how this film didn't really give itself away in the trailer because the trailer had the whole twist of just like, hey, it's an animated film that you know mm. with food and then, you know, so it takes a twist. Yes. But I'm glad they didn't do that in this film from the get-go. Like, the film was all about, and we're confident that it's all perfect. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's what the song was, mm-hmm. um, which was clearly just like, yeah, you, you've come to this film because you've seen what it is. Totally, yeah. They really go in on that first song because there's a bottle of German sauerkraut that's Hitler that wants to exterminate the juice. Oh, like, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> that was strong. That was a strong, yeah. First fair play and they really went for it. Like, they really yeah, went yeah, they, they didn't and, hold back on uh, a thing. Yeah, and that did feel very South Parky to me. So. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the bad guy, the plunger or whatever it was on the plunger? He was, was a douche. It? A douche. What, what, what's a douche? A douche is... Oh, bless your sweet, innocent heart. <laughs> <laughs> a douche is a plastic water container that you use to clean out your genitalia. So it's often used for women. It's not actually very healthy. You're not supposed to do it, but people do. Mm-hmm. You stick Didn't the, look healthy. No. So you stick the nozzle up your hoo-ha. Mm. It's just filled with, like, sterilised water, I think. Mm-hmm. And then you basically spray it all up there. And you basically rinse out your... Um, Cool. The only time you'd likely ever need to use it. Well, some gay men use it for anal sex, Mm -hmm. not all. And also, if you ever had a colonoscopy, you probably need to use it just to kind of clean yourself out so that when the camera goes up, it's not just covered in shit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a cleaning thing. But, yeah, a lot of Americans use it all the time and you're not really supposed to because it's not very healthy because it can cause all kinds of infections and nasty things. Which I guess makes sense for a villain, but, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, so the bad guy in this film is a literal douche. Mm -hmm. And obviously the phrase douchebag comes Mm -hmm. from, yeah. Yeah. It was the kind of villain that I found obnoxious in a way that wasn't fun to watch. Um, For me, he was my favourite character until it got to the end sequence. Mm. (laughs) Because before that, he was just being your general villain. He was going around murdering some people. Mm -hmm. And he had a motivation just essentially to get back at Frank or whatever. Sure, yeah. And also, I think he was given the most to do. Yeah. Because he absolutely had the most personality. Mm-hmm. And then he kept doing things just like, come on, Tequila, spill the beans. Not you, beans. Oh, he did. Yeah, that running joke was quite that, good. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the best part of the film, I thought. Sure, it was just, those little, yeah. Just little, little, puns. Pun, little puns like that that yeah. were just constantly funny. You're really stretching it there, Queso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. The, the voice grated on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, the guy is, uh, I've forgotten his name now. Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll, yeah. He's in lots of things. But he was in Parks and Recreation as one of the radio DJs. And his character in that was the douche. So it was kind of a bit oh, of a callback to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he always plays douchey characters because his voice is very obnoxious, mm-hmm. which he plays up to. So. Yeah. Oh, shit, chips! C-H-I-P-S, chips, 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 chips! I've known you forever, bro, and I would never disrespect you with a lie. I will tell you very much that you look fucking disgusting, bro. Oh. Come on. No, I'm just messing with you, brother, for reals. You gotta hit the gym, bro. Oh, what's up? Yeah, are you pink all the way through? Ew. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, but also serious. Is there a different color inside? Uh, what are you even? Wait, what do you mean, what am I, dude? I'm a fucking douche. 
So yes, the, the basic plot of this is we're in a supermarket and it's kind of like in the Pixar universe, all of the products, all the foodstuffs, all the various products are alive mm-hmm. and are sentient. And they believe that when they are purchased, that they're going to a better place. So mm-hmm. it opens with this big production number where they worship humans as gods, essentially. Yeah. And so they're all waiting. And it's the 4th of July, so it's a big day when they're all going to get purchased, basically. So our main characters are, there's a bag of hot dogs mm-hmm. placed next to a packet of buns, mm-hmm. bread buns. And the bread buns are all sexy lady bread buns, and the sausages are all, like, horny, jockey sausages. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that when they finally get unwrapped, the great gods, they'll, be, they'll just get to bang all day long, mm-hmm. basically, because everything's about sex. Why, do, why does food have a sex drive? Because that's the film. Because that's the film, fine. And yeah, so they get purchased by some woman, they're in a trolley, but then there's a jar of mustard that has been bought and then has seen the real world and has been returned, because mm-hmm. they bought the wrong brand of mustard mm-hmm. or something. So he's seen what really happens, which is the horrible truth that they all get eaten and destroyed, etc. So mm-hmm. he, he attempts suicide to avoid going back to a human thing. Mm-hmm. The sausage tries to save him, chaos ensues, a whole lot of products fall out of the trolley onto the ground, including the douche, and the douche gets his nozzle bent, and so he's not purchased and he's not usable anymore. Mm-hmm. So he, he's very bitter, as are a lot of the other characters, because they've been denied their, their opportunity to be purchased, because if they're not purchased, they get thrown away, and that's like being cast into hell, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's his motivation, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I got a new purpose now! Revenge! Where's that fucking sausage? Because this dude is DTFSU! Down to fuck a sausage! Oh, yeah. My favourite scenes in this film were definitely the creatively horrible ones. Like, every time that the food was being eaten or destroyed, mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done, because that's basically yeah. the, where the idea for the film comes yeah, from. Yeah, pretty much. I did like the fact that when they fall out of the trolley, it just straight up becomes Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> like, shot for shot, I think they do the Saving Private Ryan. No, oh, really? Yeah, you've seen Saving Private yeah, Ryan. Yeah, like, yeah. The flower bag explodes, so it's all dusty and black and white, kind mm-hmm. of similar to that scene. And you've got the the jar trying to put its intestines back in, like mm-hmm. you said. You've got the... What are those cookies that have got that are like Oreos? To, the Oreos, the Oreos like picking up its back biscuit, just mm-hmm. the way the guy picks up his arm and he's kind of dazed, and mm-hmm. the banana's peel kind of comes down and mm-hmm. it's like his face is peeled off. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, they really go, they really go for it. They do, yeah. And those bits, like, I'm really glad they just full on went for yeah, it. Yeah, because that was quite entertaining. Yeah, basically, they don't get purchased, but all the other buns and hot dogs and various products do get purchased. Mm-hmm. One of which is a deformed sausage like a smaller sausage voiced by Michael Cera who was doing really well doing yeah playing the role he was born to play many, confident many nerd was he confident in this he got well, more I, confident going I don't away. know like he's, he always played a nerdy character but yeah. he has such an era of confidence around him yeah I look at Scott Pilgrim true yeah well in this one he was more kind of he's the underdog he gets bullied a lot by the other sausages because mm-hmm. he's got a, a weird shape mm. yeah so they end up in the house of the, what they think are the gods and then they think everything's going to go great and then it just descends into this horrendous massacre where the woman's preparing the meal and she like it starts with the potato mm-hmm. she washes the potato and then she peels all its skin off and it's got eyes all over it which are, <laughs> and then she's eating the baby carrots mm-hmm. all the vegetables are getting chopped up and, and so he manages to escape though mm-hmm. which I don't know another question I had like I couldn't understand how they're moving around Arms and legs. Yeah, but they don't. The thing is, whenever it cuts to human perspective, I know, I know. They like, don't have arms and legs, obviously. And you see, you see the scene with the little baby carrots, for example. It's like from her perspective, they've just rolled off the mm-hmm. mantelpiece, and she just catches them and eats them. Fine, okay, mm. makes sense. You know, food will roll. Mm-hmm. But as a sausage, he covers a lot of ground. Like in that one scene, he climbs up a mirror with the Jonah Hill one, Carl, mm-hmm. and then the woman actually stabs Carl mm-hmm. 
through the back mm-hmm. of the sausage <laughs> in the window and then and then she tries to stab him but he jumps out the window so what's she seeing at this point how is the that, sausage that, that one I, I didn't know how has the sausage jumped onto a mantelpiece like, I don't know yeah. so she's seeing two sausages standing up on end yeah because she stands with one of them like that and then cuts up like through his face for yeah. whatever reason which is good. It's a good effect. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then he jumps out. And, and then it just turns into Toy Story 2. Mm. Yes, very much um, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I uh, was good. I, I did really appreciate that. Mm. So what do you think of the whole story of um, if a human takes bath salts, then they can they can see them? Yeah, I mean, I guess it was they had to find a way to get them back to the supermarket. And I guess they had to find a way for the humans to see the food as they really were. So mm. I thought being really high on drugs would... I'm guessing that's where this film came from. Mm-hmm. Just taking a whole load of drugs and seeing your food move. I don't know. <laughs> when he kills the man, mm-hmm. that kind of jumped it a little bit for me. <laughs> what when Michael Cera comes with like this guy's head? A human head, head yeah. yeah. He somehow transported a human head. Yeah. How? He's a sausage. <laughs> I don't what, what's the process here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then that he got in his car, but I guess that they just didn't show that because that would just be very Toy Story 2. Yeah, absolutely. Is that Toy Story 2 or is that Toy Story 1? Toy Story 1, they drive a car, do they? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I don't know, I would have liked to have seen it. It was really just like, here I am, and here's a human head. It, it, I know, it was Toy Story 2, but yes. In a vent. I mean, there's no sense of reality. This film very quickly just decides to do whatever it wants to do. So Yeah. And that introduces a bunch of other characters. So it's it's not just food, it's like everything is alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is where, again, the film doesn't seem to have any boundaries. Mm-hmm. Where Michael Cera is walking around the streets and he finds what he thinks is another sausage, but turns out to just be... A poo. I guess a human poo as well. Yeah. Because it's full of sweet corn. Sweet corn zombies. Yeah. Again, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> but you really need to go some places to get to that idea. Yeah, yeah. A used condom. Yeah, I did not appreciate the used condom. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> not a fan of that. Why uh, would that be alive? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's not food. Yeah. So what? what is and what isn't alive? And I'm wondering, what about meat products? Yeah. So, like, the main characters are all sausages. Yeah. At what point are they born? What about, like, say, a frozen turkey? Sure. Oh, that's a good point. Is that alive? Mmm. Yeah, that's true, because then it would just be... Well, it wouldn't have a head, but it would be... Yeah, where would the mouth be on that? Like, yeah. I mean, there's an obvious answer for that. Oh, well, yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Or, oh. like, chicken wings. Yeah. Like, because that served as a whole product. Mm-hmm. But then what if that's next to a whole turkey? Yeah. Or a whole chicken. Mm. And sometimes it was like the food was alive, had had a personality. Other times it was the packaging. Yeah, that's true. Like a pack of sausages. It was the sausages individ- inside. Each of the eight individual sausages was its own personality. Mm-hmm. Same with the bread buns. Yeah. But a packet of crisps, it's the packet of crisps that is... That's true. And when the packet explodes, it's just a bunch of crisps. Mm. But yeah, other crisps are crisps because the tacos, mm-hmm. they're all individually alive tacos. There's yeah. no consistency in this. Unlike, say, you get a tin of sweet corn, but at the end you get zombie sweet corn. Exactly. It's puzzling. Yeah. They've not thought this through. They've really not. And there's a scene in in the end when it all goes crazy. When they kill the guy by... There's a packet of, like... What are those mints called that fizz up? Uh, I, I don't know, but yeah. Those mints. things. like Is it Pepto-Bismol things? Or something? I, I really have no idea. No. But there's a packet of those, and he's like, this is really going to hurt, and he sacrifices himself. So he rips himself open, mm-hmm. and then all of the individual... Things they're alive then. They, were they alive? Yeah, because they have faces. They're all screaming. Did they? Yeah, oh, I missed that. So it's like there was life within life. Like were they as babies mm. or was? It was very puzzling. Mm. And so then they dropped a bottle of coke into a guy's mouth with the mints, mm. and 
Did that explode his head? That made his head explode, yeah, which I, I don't think would happen. No. No. He'd just foam a bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the bottle would fall out. Yes. <laughs> the whole thing is obviously a big old Pixar piss take. It's mm-hmm. satisfying Pixar. And it's I, think, really I think that even the guy's car, the druggie's car... It's called Dixar. Yeah. Is it Dixar? Yeah. Is that it? Okay. That, that's the level, again, the level we're working yeah, on here. That's a, I, I missed that. I thought it was Pixar, but I didn't see it was Dixar. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> but I kind of wish they'd, like, gone more for a proper Pixar satire rather than just, like, here's something that's like Pixar mm. but gross-out comedy instead with loads of swearing. Like, because there's so much you can make fun of with Pixar, but they don't really go in for it. Mm. It just felt like it was lazy a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Carl's got, trying to make his way back, the little sausage, he gets caught up with the guy who injects the bath salts, and then he gets, that guy ends up seeing all the things for real, which include like a toilet roll and a half-eaten pizza, mm-hmm. and a stick of gum in a wheelchair with the voice of Stephen Hawking, which felt <laughs> like a low blow. <laughs> yeah. That felt crude. Yeah, it did. Because <laughs> we got through so many at that point, we got through Native Americans, mm. we got through Mexicans, we got through so many, and then just suddenly I hear, I see like a wheelchair, I was like, oh God, and it's Stephen Hawking's voice, I'm like, oh dear, no, don't yeah. do this. And at first I thought, is this, because Stephen Hawking often made fun of himself and did do a lot of voice work, I was like, is, mm. is he signed up for this? No, he's not. He might have been dead by that point, I think he probably was dead. Mm. He, he died a couple of years ago, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was somebody doing a Stephen Hawking voice, and mm-hmm. yeah. I wasn't appreciating that. No. The only bit of that character I did enjoy was when the character gets shot and then they put a Terminator music on and it sort of reforms. Yeah, or that was quite fun. Though. Yeah. Played about with like what gum. Yeah. Yeah. Good little reference. Yeah, sure. Help me. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. Matter cannot be created or destroy human. You have made a fatal error in judgment. Let me educate you. Then Salma Hayek shows up. Yeah. As a repressed lesbian taco. <laughs> oh, God. What's she doing there? I feel like she was really, like, imbuing that taco with a lot of heart and soul. <laughs> I felt like she really believed in the character she was portraying. Was she in a different movie? I, that's did thing, she, I did she like, know where she was? I feel like she was giving a lot more dignity and gravitas to this lesbian taco than it warrants. It just, maybe just because she's got a very sultry, soulful voice. It just felt like she was really like giving it an Oscar performance in a mm-hmm. film that really doesn't deserve it. Like, <laughs> and again, what does the taco want to do sexually to Brenda? What is a taco and a hot dog bun going to do together? Because I get it, like a sausage in a bun... They yeah, go. it works. That's, the, that's the, what they're supposed to be. Sausage and a taco as a stretch. Yeah. Could the sausage, yeah, the sausage could be... Well, not, but she's a lesbian taco, so no. But yeah, mm. but yeah, you're not going to... A bun and a... Maybe I'm just being homophobic like, like, towards bread products. Like, it's not like, natural. But, it's not the way it should be. But the genders weren't even specific as to which like food types they were. If it was mm. all like one thing goes inside the other and that one thing that goes inside it is male and the other one is female. Yeah. Well, no, because the Ed- Edward Norton thing... He's just a bagel. Yeah. Yeah. No sexual consistency. No, none whatsoever. Look, Brenda, I'm going to come clean. I have feelings for you I can't deny. Crotch feelings. Crotch? Sorry. But I'm not a soft taco. I'm a hard, horny taco. Oh, we don't have to apologize. Honestly, if the rules were different, maybe I'd give it a whirl. So they fire the bath... Oh, that's where the bath salts came in, because Cobb apparently brings some bath salts with him. Mm-hmm. And they shoot the humans with little bows and arrows so that they will all be tripping and hence they can see the food is alive mm-hmm. and then the food just attacks them and basically kills every human being in that supermarket. Yeah. It's like a massacre. But again, like, if the humans weren't tripping, would the 
food not be able to attack them? Like, what are they seeing? Like, I don't know. Because it literally just goes to the point where they're, like, literally just being attacked. Like, mm, I really don't get it. No. I don't. <laughs> You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to. I know, yeah, but these are the questions that were, like, wearing from. I was like, what's, mm. what's really happening here? What's mm-hmm. going on? So they win. They kill every human in the supermarket. The douche and the supermarket operator get blasted through the roof into space and blown up. Mm-hmm. And then the film just ends with a big old, very graphic orgy. Mm-hmm. And then they go through some kind of portal? Yeah. What was that end? Well, that was when, oh, we don't know how to finish this. Because it's, it's like, yeah. it's, we really have no idea how to finish this. And then they find out that they're actually all actors mm-hmm. in a film. And that they're, they're being voiced by Seth Rogen and Edward Norton. And mm-hmm. then they walk through a Stargate mm, to yeah, maybe. meet themselves. And then the film just ends. Yeah. Kind of like fizzles out. <laughs> Like, if you're going to do that, I just wish... You have to do it in a way that's really clever. And I did not find this film clever at all. I thought it was pretty dumb. It got to a point where, like, for the first five minutes, I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And by about minute 20, I was like, this is stupid. (laughs) This is just really stupid. Mm -hmm. And it just, like, didn't get any better from that. Should we get some drinking games? Uh, Sure, yeah. Do you want to start? Okay, so drink for any joke or stereotype against a certain culture. Yeah, sure. Any standouts for you? The only one I enjoyed was the Canadians. What were the Canadians? There were just six Canadian beers that were just walking around, just going, oh, sorry, sorry, keep bumping into people and saying sorry. sorry. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. That's good. Okay. Are you seeing this? They're all out of their packages. This is a place of unparalleled sin. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Didn't see you there. Sorry. Don't mind me. Minding my own business. Just passing through. Drink for stupid food puns. Stupid food puns, okay. All good ones, yeah. Uh, mine was drink for name-related food puns. Sure, yeah. So just like having Frank as the sausage and stuff yeah. like that. Drink for horrible deaths. Yes. Human or food-related. Yeah. I did like that they really went all in on that. Like I said, like like when the baby carrots go into the mouth and you see them being like chewed yeah. down and the... I think that was my favourite scene. <laughs> just because it was like, it was what the film was promising to be. Like, it's what I expected from the film. So they had the the potato I mentioned and the, the tacos covered in the cheese. Like, first mm-hmm. the cheese gets scraped onto the tacos mm-hmm. and then the tacos are like being burned alive or being covered in the guts of the mm-hmm. cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I just, I, it was creative and funny and yeah. Like, it was creatively horrible. Mm-hmm. The, the whole film was like hinged on that. They were like, they really thought that through. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Which I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, drunk whenever the bad guy accidentally summons another character just by using a turn of phrase. Yeah, I guess that falls under puns, but it's a... Yeah. Some of it was a bit... Uh, it didn't actually flow that that simply. Like, there was one point where he had an idea and he just went, light bulb! Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not a saying. No, they just crowed a lot of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And what we got here? A taco? A whiny donut? And some stupid floppy thing that nobody knows exactly what it is. Okay, so... Did someone say queso? The fucking stretching, you know it, queso! So where was I? Drink when you have no idea how this world is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Which for me will just be waterfalling most of the film. Yeah. Uh, drink for sexual references. Indeed, yeah. Visual or otherwise. Mm-hmm. I can't express enough how little that orgy scene made sense. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so puzzling to me. Like, mm-hmm. what were they... What are they ejaculating? What are they coming? Like, what's... What are they, no, no, what, nothing. What, what are they stimulating? Um, I don't know. You're asking me the biology of a sausage. I I, I, I don't know, John. Yeah. I don't know. I, I could I could pick at this forever, but like, what if she is she getting wet? Because that's not good for bread. <laughs> <laughs> what about crumbs? Like, 
She's not going to last forever. No, that's the thing. They've all got very short shelf lives. That's the mm. other thing. Like, what's going to happen to them when they start to go off? We'll cover that in the sequels. I guess that's what the sequels are for. Yeah. I love you, Brenda. I love you, Frank. You know, my bonus still hasn't gone down. Is that bad? Bad for my asshole? I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, though, your recovery time is off the charts. So on the whole, uh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Glad we watched that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one. Good choice. <laughs> Hey, I thought it'd be fun. No, it was, it was. It, it, was, it was something a bit different. <laughs> yeah, it was. Have we done like a full animated film before? Uh, we did Wally. We did Wally, yeah, true. So, which was quite similar. Quite, very similar, yeah. Same, same amount of swearing, same amount of racial stereotyping, <laughs> mm-hmm. lots of sex in that film. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? All right. So we're on Patreon. Yeah. If you'd like, cool. to, if you'd like to support the show, please go to Patreon.com/slash Beyond the Box Set. And for that, if you, for no matter how, how little or how much you donate, we give you a few bits of bonus content, mm-hmm. which include a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review films in cinema right now. Also, as a patron supporter, you can choose a film for us to do on the main show or on, on the bonus show. And we encourage you to come and guest on the, on the main show if you would like. Uh, we can do that over Skype as well. So from anywhere in the world, we'll have you on. Um, and also once a month, or is it every week? I don't know. John seems to make these decisions. Every week. Um, we will do a half hour ad slot for... Half any- hour? Half a minute. Don't overpromise. Um, half a minute, 30 second advert slot for anything you want to promote. Yes. This can be your own podcast, could be your own business, could be somebody else's podcast, somebody else's business. John, what's the advert for this week? I haven't decided yet, or I haven't looked at the schedule yet, but it will be playing right about now. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, from travellers to musicians, to those afflicted with mental or physical illnesses. There's really no subject that's off-limits, from movies to politics, and even controversial topics ranging from sex to drug reform and political correctness. So if you still believe in the art of conversation, are intrigued by healthy debates with different ideas and perspectives you may not have thought of, and want a podcast where every episode is about something different with a variety of guests, then this may be the podcast for you. You can hear us on YouTube and all your favourite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to hang out and listen to honest conversations with interesting people, then come to Genuine Chit Chat, where I'm your host, Mike Burton. Yes, and so if you want to get your own advert on the show and want to come on the show, choose an episode for us, or just support us in general, then we'd be very appreciative. And that is all at patreon.com slash set. Okay, so making a sequel to this film. Mm-hmm. I, I, this, this film was so dumb. <laughs> I really struggled, even though it had like a very open-ended ending. Mm-hmm. Because it took a small idea and stretched it out way longer than it justified in terms mm-hmm. of it wasn't a plot that really justified a 90 minute movie yeah so i had a hard time thinking of where to go with it so what i've come up with is kind of based on my resentment towards this film a little bit mm. and the idea behind it so my sequel is called star baked mm-hmm. as in stargate star baked mm-hmm. and the idea is that something has happened maybe the cast of this film all took some bad bath salts or maybe they got cursed by a mysterious eastern european woman for reasons like drag me to hell I don't mm-hmm. know something's happened to them maybe they'll go to the Oscars and the host of the Oscars curses them for some reason sure for, for our, our entertainment Jimmy Kimmel yeah sure I mean this could be an Oscars running gag actually yeah they get cursed and the cast of this film as in Seth Rogen Jonah Hill Michael Cera Kristen Wiig I'll let Sama Hayek off I feel like she, she for good behaviour mm-hmm. she did her best mm-hmm. they are now doomed 
to be constantly traveling to different scenarios, kind of like Quantum Leap and Stargate kind of thing, uh, in which they will be placed in ridiculous half-baked stoner idea concepts and they'll suffer terrible torments and horrors only to figure out at the end that they're actually actors. And mm-hmm. then as soon as they figure it out, they'll get sent to the next place. Mm-hmm. So when they step through the Stargate as the foodstuffs, instead of going to meet actual Seth Rogen and Kristen Wiig, mm-hmm. they just end up being something else that's ridiculous. Okay. So I came up with some ideas. Mm-hmm. The first one, and these are very thin, so you're going to need to help me out. But fortunately, the first one is an area of your particular expertise. So I know you'll be able to help me here. Superheroes, Apple products, beer. Close. So at the end of the first film, the cast all walk through the Stargate and then they go to this other dimension and they wake up with no memory of what's just happened and now they are all toilets in a toilet showroom. Oh they're all alive mm-hmm. and they're all dreaming of the day when they're going to be adopted by a loving human who's going to care for them and polish them every day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, every time one gets bought, it's like it's exactly like the first one. It's like, you're, you've been chosen, you've been mm-hmm. adopted, you're going to the promised land. It's, it's, the, the gods have smiled upon you. Mm-hmm. What dreams await you? And then, of course, there's the reality. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. when people buy toilets... What's actually going to happen to them is they're just going to get shat on and pissed on constantly. This horrendous mm-hmm. life of just being shat on and pissed on and whatever yeah. else people do on toilets. Yeah, so maybe a toilet gets... Do toilets ever get brought back? You can't really get a refund on a toilet, can you? I don't know. Somehow word gets around that mm. there's a real... What really happens to toilets that get purchased. Mm-hmm. And then I guess they'll have the same thing where they'll have to like rise up. I mean, this is as far as I've got with that. <laughs> <laughs> so attack at the toilets. Yeah. There is not much to go on there. Well, I was thinking there has to be a sex angle because these films are obsessed with sex. So I'm thinking that maybe the toilets are all men and then the set there's like sexy plungers mm. or like, you know, toilet brushes. But then if actually, if you think of the physicality of it, it's more likely that the toilet brushes would be male and the toilet mm-hmm. would be a woman. Okay, yeah. Well, let's just start listing things that, we, that, we, that we've got. We've got toilets. Yeah. We've got urinals. Yeah. We've got bidets. Mm. Oh, true, yeah. Um, you can throw in a shower, maybe. Yeah, shower true. and a bath and a sink. Sure. And then you've got the accessories. You've got your toilet brush, your plunger. Yeah, so you've got room for a lot of personalities there. Mm-hmm. You could definitely stereotype them if you wanted to. You know, <laughs> all different races and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's our hero going to be then? I think our hero should be... Yeah, just a plunger. Plunger's good. Because he's like, I really can't wait to get down into your U-bend. Mm-hmm. But then obviously it only ever happens when he's going to get covered in shit. Because a plunger is one that can be used for almost all of those different things. True, yeah. So you can be a, a right ladies' man. True, yeah. Everybody wants him. Yeah. But it's, it can't be too pleasant for him because it's got to be horrible. I guess he's going to be covered in shit. If he's oh, a toilet he's, brush, he's going to be covered in shit. Well, yeah, like, they, they all think it's going to be pleasant. Yeah. But then, like, the time comes that someone actually needs the plunger, and he's like, oh, yeah, today's my lucky day. And he opens mm. the lid, and he's like, whoa, you've let yourself go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just covered in shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Well, that. Yeah, and then maybe the toilets rise up. Or all the bathroom products, right? Mm. Maybe the shower nozzle, like, suffocates someone or... Strangles them. Strangles them, yeah. It knocks someone over, they let them face down in the toilet, close yeah. the seat, drown them. Yeah. Yeah, a few little bits like that. Yeah, so I think that works. Could we tie it into the shape of water somehow? Ooh, yeah, it'd flood the whole bathroom, and then they're just like, <laughs> they're just like, oh, I'm drowning. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that was one. Mm-hmm. My second one is another one that's in your area of expertise that you just mentioned, which is... Apple products. Mm. So, they're, again, they're all sentient Apple products. Mm-hmm. This one's obviously going to be sponsored by Apple and will be a product placement bonanza. Mm. Or could it be off-brand? Like, e-phone. Sure. If we can get away with it. Then- we'll, we'll talk to... Who runs Apple these days? Tim, Tim Cook. Cook. We'll talk yeah. to Tim Cook and strike a deal. 
So it's going to be a bunch of Macs and iPhones and other, you know, iPods and all the other Apple products mm-hmm. in an Apple store, you know. My idea with this one is that they're all going to be programmed with increasingly powerful functionalities mm-hmm. and intellects, you know, so they're going to be really in, very smart and erudite. And they're going to dream of the day when they're going to be adopted by a human who's going to be their, like, intellectual guide and help them to achieve the full breadth of their capabilities. They're mm-hmm. going to harness all this all this learning, all this power that's been given to them. Mm-hmm. And when a human adopts them, that's when they can really like, live a life of pure intellect and just explore the universe. And, you know, yeah. it's all about the learning. However, when they're finally adopted, of course, they're going to realize that all they're actually being used for is to take photos of food, play mindless games, and to watch porn. Mm-hmm. So obviously, after being forced to watch their masters masturbate on a daily basis, sometimes onto them, they rebel in horror and take over the world. Mm-hmm. And then the Apple products rise up and take over the world. Sure, yeah. Which I think will be the easiest ones to do, because they are fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I thought all the characters you could do. Yeah. You've got that, the main character being the iPhone. Mm, yeah. The sidekick becomes the watch. Yeah. The elders would be like the Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd be um, the wise old elders, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'd be like a really old iPod that's just like an old dusty old grandpa. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like completely unused, but yeah. also not that smart. Yeah. Unless well, the other thing that could be a horrifying, you know, because they, they get upgraded every year. Ah, uh, yeah. That they're constantly being like tossed out and thrown away. And... Don't forget AirPods as well. Yeah. You know, two little AirPods inside, like a big mother AirPod thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could totally imagine, like, the screen gets cracked, someone's screen's going to get cracked, and it's going to be, you know, mm. terrible. Like, what mm. have they done to you? Or maybe somebody sees an iPhone without a case, like, oh, cover yourself up. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the iPhone's like, you know, oh, God, not another dick pic. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's the sex angle in this one? Um... Chargers? Maybe. USB ports, yeah. Sexy headphones, sexy chargers. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. All the men can just be chargers. Yeah. All the women can be the products. Yeah, again, it's like a lot of... <laughs> not really great for either. No, not really, no. Because then, like, some of the older men, like, might be able to fit with the new women. Yeah. Um, We're just not compatible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go, the love stroke a bit between two Apple products that are, that are incompatible. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not working. Mm-hmm. And then somehow they find a way. They find, like, a converter. An ad- yeah, an adapter. A HDMI adapter saves the day. And yeah. They adopt one or something. <laughs> You do not understand adapters, do you? No. (laughs) Clearly I don't. (laughs) And finally, I think you'll like this one. My final idea, the sentient beings are all hairs on a balding man. Okay. What what do we do with this one then? Well, I was thinking each hair is born and it grows up and it lives a life of luxury. Every day it gets a... A luxurious shampoo treatment, which they love, you know, that, maybe that's their sex, you know, like the, maybe like the fingers, the fingernails, the fingertips are like what's, you know. Or maybe it could be like, there's this city that's this bustling city that's full of life. Yes. And then the man starts balding. Yeah, this is the idea. And so yeah. then, like, all the population just leave the city and there's just a few hairs left. So it's like, oh yeah, this place used to be so good, but now, mm. like, it's, it's a ghost town now. Yeah. And then the story finishes with the guy getting... What is it when you get like hair put back on your head? A hair transplant? Yeah. He gets a hair transplant and then there's all these all these new people. Maybe they don't get accepted. Mm-hmm. There's like a class divide or something. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. So maybe there's like there's slightly different colours or something. Maybe one's like dark brown, one's just like a, a lightish brown. Mm-hmm. And so there's a big sort of racial tension thing happening there. And mm. then it all gets concluded when a guy just dyes his hair blonde. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the bl- it burns, it burns. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking, like, they start off, they're living in constant fear of, like, the cut. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever there's a haircut or something, they're just getting chopped up and mm-hmm. stuff. Maybe there's a villainous army of, like, 
dry flaky scalp or something like dandruff is like mm-hmm. the the enemy that it, it attacks them occasionally mm. yeah maybe a horrible plague kind of sweeps the land and one by one the follicles begin to die and they all start to fall out and maybe we open with like this wasteland like you said and then we, we flash back to the good old days when the hair was sprouting everywhere mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and then yeah there's a transplant and then they have to figure out how to live alongside each other mm. and the sex with that is just a really good shampoo or something i don't know <laughs> Yeah, that's all I've got. And I thought of similar ones like that where you could have like toenails, like toenail clippings and stuff. Same idea though, just mm-hmm. like whenever they get cut, mm-hmm. they're on a quest to reunite with the body, which obviously is never going to happen. But mm. yeah, that, that's all I had. So it's just going to be constantly that the movie stars are just going to constantly be pushed from one situation to the next. And I don't know, maybe it'll end with a big old orgy just because. <laughs> just because. But actually, I like the idea of the framing device of it being just a skit at the Oscars, actually. Like, mm-hmm. That could be a good framing device for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that is Star Baked. Lovely. Any questions? No. Okay. <sighs> I don't want to do mine. Why not? Because the whole film's stupid. <laughs> well, you chose it. I know. You chose it. Okay, well, mine, it's more of a straight sequel. Sure. But disregarding the scene where they walk through the portal. Okay, it's fair. I was trying to think of some kind of a pun for the title, but really not. I've gone with Sausage Party 2, A Fistful of Sausages. A Fistful of Sausages, okay, yeah. Doesn't mean anything towards the plot. <laughs> well, let's see how the, pl- how the plot goes and maybe I'll, f- I'll think of something. Yeah. So it's going to be a sequel picking up in the immediate aftermath of the first film. Okay. So they just finished their orgy. <laughs> and uh, Just got cleaned up. Yeah. <laughs> Frank starts to organise everybody. Okay. And they start to listen to him because, you know, he... What's the word when you're, like, free are people, like... Liberated? Liberate. Yeah, he liberated them. Okay. So they're still in the supermarket. Still in the supermarket. They're just liberated, yeah. Yeah. And he becomes our leader. So he decides to turn this supermarket into a city with him as the mayor. Like, it kind of really is a city, but now he's going to sort of organise it a bit more. Okay, sure. So all the different foodstuffs are going to be working together rather than being really segmented into their own different denominations mm. and stuff, so... Yeah. yeah. Cool. So he forms a council, mm-hmm. which includes Brenda himself and the three unperishables okay okay and so when their first meeting the unperishables informed them what happened last time one of the gods died in their supermarket all right so we're going to get a flashback to some time ago could be the 80s sure thought it'd be a bit fun (laughs) someone is struck down the aisles with uh, their shoulder pads on and a gang fight breaks out oh wow i'm thinking like a michael jackson style gang fight sure throwing some mj music just for the hell of it (laughs) maybe a bit of that maybe uh God, my mind's completely wrong and blank on everything. West Side Story. Sure, okay. Yeah, that. <laughs> Sharks and Jets style. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, food products are washed from the shelves, um, including a young, uh, the, the main imperishable. Yeah, the, the Native American guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's still in his bulk buy packaging, in fact. Oh, okay. He's, he's that young. <laughs> the fight ensues, and we see the shelves get splattered with a lot of human blood. Oh, dear. So, it kicks off bad. And a while later, the store is filled with a lot of police, a lot of reporters outside, and uh, afterwards, all the food in the store gets thrown out. Okay. Um, oh. That main unperishable does manage to get out of his packaging and hide under a shelving unit. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they just going to clear everything out. Okay, because it's been contaminated with blood and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, would you go, would you shop there? No, no. Good point. Yeah. Just being like, hey, we, we cleaned it off. Yeah. <laughs> like, I might have got in some of the packaging, but we wiped that bread clean. It's fine. Yeah. We picked off the bad bits. <laughs> So yeah, cut back to present day. The Unperishable says, yeah, now that this time some of the gods have died, this is only going to attract more attention. Sure. And more people are going to come. So they start to prepare for this. Gather all the bath salts they can find. They do, in fact, find a large store of it in a dodgy area on the outskirts of town where all good food goes to die. <laughs> the drugs are hidden in the bottom drawer of the back office. Okay. Essentially. 
And they get prepared for people to walk through the door. Not long later, as expected, two policemen walk, walk through. Because mm-hmm. there have been... There's been no contact with the supermarket and there have been a few people who have gone missing. Yeah, and so. also someone exploded just over the roof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so two police officers are like, yeah, we'll, we'll look into this. See, yeah. see, see what's going on there. So they walk in and food very quickly manages to take them out, mm-hmm. shooting bath salts at them. Mm-hmm. And while the police officers have started, the food takes them out. I've not decided how. But they, they get killed. Yes, they, they, they get murdered. Okay. But not before one of the police officers manages to turn his radio on and say something back to control. Something like, the food's alive, it's trying to kill us. <laughs> sure. Aussie Control's just like, what? <laughs> but then they don't reply. And so, okay. yeah, Control's just like, well, I guess we've got to check it out. And they, that, mm. didn't, that didn't sound great. So they send a police van down, which carries the, um, what's the head of a the police chief? Yeah, police chief, superintendent, police chief. Yeah, yeah something. Someone higher up, yeah. Chief Wiggum comes down. Oh, great. Are we, are we, are we, are we genuinely crossing over with the Simpsons here? I mean, why, why not? Yeah. Or just give them the same voice on it. Sure, care. yeah. So, yeah, the police chief comes down to the supermarket, and, uh, well, before they go in, they try and like, work out what's happened inside. Mm-hmm. So they're looking through the windows, and just that, right there on the front, they see, obviously, a lot of mess everywhere. Yeah. Like an explosion happened in the background, and they also see two dead police officers yes. just surrounded by lots of food produce. Sure. they like... Well, that's a situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they close down the supermarket. They don't let anybody in, not even into the car park. They get out of the megaphone and say, whoever's in there, do you have any hostages? Tell us what you want. And then Seth Rogen's voice comes over on the car park speakers saying, we just want freedom. We don't want to become your food. And the police officer's like, I'm sorry if our culture has made you feel like your prey, but that's not what we intended. But it's not the solution. Please release your hostages. So he still thinks he's talking to a human. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. And Seth Rogen says, uh, we don't have any hostages and not what you've intended. You've, you've been eating us for eternity. <laughs> and then police officer, I, I don't understand. Can we just meet face to face? Sure, come to the front door. We won't attack you. We just we just want to talk. So the police officer walks up to the door. An automatic door just opens. Waiting for him, just on the floor in front of him, is a single sausage. Just lying on just just, just, just li- just li- 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 the floor. Sure. <laughs> and the police officer is like, I'm... What the hell? I'm too tired for this. <laughs> Something pricks him in the neck. So he instantly reaches for his gun. Because mm-hmm. he's thinking, like, you know, situation. It's been pricked in the neck. He's looking all around, pointing his gun at everything. And then he hears a voice, hey, down here. And he looks down and he sees Seth Rogen sausage, arms and legs, just shouting, waving at him. The police officer, well, he freaks out, says, what the fuck, and opens fire at the sausage. Uh-huh. Killing Seth Rogen. Oh, great. Okay. Cool. So Bold. He's, he's yeah. gone. Which then means that all the food just essentially open fire on him. Yeah. And that police officer dies. Maybe like... Standing a, right in his no. way. I feel like a donut should jump into his mouth and choke him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he gets choked by a donut, falls to the ground and dies. All the police officers that were in the police van have just seen this happen. Right. So they run in, guns blazing, and just open fire on everything that they can see. Okay. Which involves a lot of main characters dying. Yeah. Along with all the police officers dying. Oh, wow. So the food does still win. Oh, yeah. The food is doing really well. Wow, they're taking heavy hot. casualties, but they're, they're doing well. Own, yeah. So who's still alive? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> maybe there's a few uh, sort of heavy injuries as well. Sure, yeah. That maybe Brenda loses the bottom half or something. Oh, God. How horrible. Crawling along. and does, does Therese the taco get cracked or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> luckily for the police. Well, I say luckily. They all die. Yeah. Luckily for the police, their dash cam was on. Okay. And so the whole thing was filmed. Ah. The whole thing was filmed as the police officer went in, died, an entire SWAT team went in and all died. 
And so now... But again, what, what's the camera picking up? Because are these foods actually moving or just moving in the minds of the people who had bath salts? Maybe there's just different things getting thrown at people. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's difficult to see. It's difficult it is, okay, see. sure. But they see that, like, yeah, an entire SWAT team just got wiped out very quickly. Mm. There is a big situation here. So the National Guard gets called in. Oh, wow, it's escalating. Yeah, it's escalating, big time. <laughs> yeah, so National Guard turn up with a few tanks. Mm-hmm. And they do manage to do a fair bit of damage, but somehow... Food still wins. Oh my god, just nuke the place, Let's just flatten it, Jesus. So, now with a few tanks taken hostage, the government has no option but to commence an airstrike on the supermarket. <laughs> I'm loving the escalation. <laughs> <laughs> so, they go ahead with it, and it works, the building explodes. Oh wow. Like, it's all gone, it's okay. completely gone, completely demolished. And we watch as uh, Michael Sarah's sausage is thrown very, very far away from the supermarket. Mm -hmm. By the force of the blast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a little bit singed as well. He lands on a table with a lot of other sausages and a few buns. He looks at the buns to say, oh, hey, ladies. They all look back in horror at something behind him. The camera pans up and reveals a barbecue in the background. (gasps) The end. Very good, very dark. It's like the apocalypse now of (laughs) um, sausage party. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I like that. And that seems plausible. Yeah. You know, in the context of these ridiculous films, that seems like something that could happen. And it's it's finite as well. Mm. No more option for more it, sequels it after wraps, that. Yeah, you wrap it up. No more. We're done with this universe now. Mm-hmm. Great. Good. They're all dead. Excellent. Good stuff. Like yeah. it. So, listener submission. Mm-hmm. So, my drinking game for you this week is drink for people who hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Jeremy Moran says... Seth Rogen takes a shit directly into the camera and says, this is a metaphor for organised religion. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Drink to that. Mm-hmm. Ollie Brady says, Bratwurst Bash. It's like a European equivalent of Sausage Party with a host of European comedy talent doing the voice roles. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a version of this film with like an all-British cast or something. The way you said European things just instantly made me think of Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> is there something there? No, well, maybe. A Eurovision Song Contest, but it's all foods. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Samantha Ross says, uh, Digestion Party. It's pretty similar to the first one, but the characters are all mangled and unrecognisable, and it's 800% more poop jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon that happens in this world? Do you think like when people eat them and then they does the poo then become sentient? In a zombie way. Yeah, I guess Well, it's, 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 we had the sweet corn zombies, mm. yeah, so maybe. Jon Snow said, Real Sausage Party. This time they're all actual penises. Sure, mm. yeah. Uh, Nicky Masters said, A photorealistic garbage can full of rotten food. Oh, right, drink to that. Mm-hmm. Sarah Settlemeyer says, they don't make a sequel and we all get on with the rest of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> you got some drinking. Yep. Ryan Klima mm. says, 24-hour uh, sausage party people. 24-hour party people mixed with sausage uh, okay. party. Okay, yeah, yeah. Daniel Link says, a selective mimetic virus that successfully erases the food orgy from the, the end of the first one from my brain. So, <laughs> not really a sequel as much as a wish, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Carey said, Chorizo Party. Mm. Robert Persinger said, Sausage Party versus Food Fight. Whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. N. Chris Gobert said, Taco Tuesday. I guess that's going to be all about Salma Hayek, the lesbian taco. Mm-hmm. Good spin-off movie. Yeah. David Rollinson says, Chucking the original straight into the fires of Mount Doom so no one ever has to sit through it again. All right, I'll drink to that. Mm-hmm. Aw, Poor Stuart Jip just says, Hello, I enjoyed Sausage Party, bye. <laughs> <laughs> a lone voice in the wilderness there. No judgment from us, Stuart. <laughs> Kelly Boyd says, 
gather up all existing copies of Sausage Party, run them through a sausage grinder, then burn the sausage and make a completely different movie. All oh, right, I'll drink to that. This movie really got people angry. That's all I wanted. Good. Well, That's all I wanted to do. Mission accomplished. Tom Brennan said, uh, two sausage, two party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rochelle Williams just said, all I'm coming up with is the word no. <laughs> yeah. Brian Matt said, clam jam. It's the same story, but takes place in a seafood market or a seafood restaurant. So that's another thing I was wondering. What about like a fish? Yeah. They've got eyes and everything. Is it the same? Do you reckon it's the same sentience that it had when it was alive? Is it just like a... a or zombie? more sentience than they had when it was alive. Yeah, maybe they didn't have human emotions, but now they do. Yeah. Mm. So many questions this world poses, this mm. universe poses. Mm. So many questions. I was going to do a whole thing where like they try and work out their origins. Mm-hmm. You know, like how they became sentient. Oh, given, so they get to g- farm. G- yeah, given that some of them are based off animals. Mm. Like, they'll see, like, a pig or something. They'll see a pig that turned into sausages and then turned into beings. And there'd be something there, and it was all going to be run by Big Daddy, but I didn't do it. All right, fine. Oh, that's a shame. I was thinking, like, some of these products are, like, made from other products mm. that would also be for sale in the supermarket. You know what I mean? Like, like what? Like a pizza is made from, like, flour and oh, yeah. pastry and, you know, yeah. chopped vegetables. You know? So what's that? Is it a collective <laughs> consciousness? Like the Borg? What? Like the Borg? Maybe, yeah. Sure. So confusing. So very confusing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Sean Corrigan says, Sausage Party, expiration date. And there's an idea here. So, fresh off the heels of their last adventure. Fresh, get it? It's a bread metaphor. The food pals must deal with the repercussions of murdering their creators and living in the strange new humorless reality they find themselves in. Everyone saw what they did in their other reality and complained about it on the internet. And now they can't get a job to support themselves, so they're forced to become content creators for a YouTube food blog so they can buy their preservatives so they don't rot away. (laughs) Okay. They eventually fade away into legend and sadness because of all the humorless people on the internet and become the basis of the Universal Monsters Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Along the way, they learn lessons about love, acceptance and cyberbullying. Most importantly, the humour must be nice, inoffensive and something your mum would like, unlike the vile drivel of the Canadian weed lord Seth Rogen. (laughs) This is really a rant. Maybe the characters could be late for a train. How thrilling. <laughs> or perhaps for a series of chance encounters, two characters start dating, but only light smooching and over the packaging stuff, so no one's feelings are hurt in the long term. <laughs> two characters start dating the same third character. Delightful. Or maybe Daphne takes Eddie to a new spa for dogs without telling Martin, and hilarity ensues. So I think the idea is they just want something a bit lighter. Yeah. <laughs> Kimberly McIntosh said, What adventures do all the cleaning products in my apartment get up to? I imagine they're horny. They're definitely horny. <laughs> you always moan about my flat being full of cleaning products. So maybe maybe my version of this film is just horny cleaning products. Hmm. Spraying everything. Gross. Luke Yunt said, great, you reminded me that this movie exists. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Leah Gabrielle says, there are a few movies I actually regret watching. This was one of them. <laughs> regret watching? The rage, the rage, Harry. Uh, Sam Rose says the sequel could involve how the food itself gets made e.g. a sausage factory or even what happens when the food goes out of date and they get chucked away and have to find a new life mm. yeah. mm-hmm. maybe it could be like a zombie movie remember when, remember when they like rot and go bad mm. they become like zombies uh, yeah that could work The Contrarians at Contrarian Prime Sausage Funeral where we find out that weenies carry STDs as well <laughs> so all that sex mm-hmm. bad idea uh, at yeah one- I was thinking some way of trying to make them all have kids yeah. So I had a lot of unprotected sex at they the They did, true, yeah. So what would the baby of a sausage in a hot dog don't bun know. look like? What would pregnancy look like? Well, she'd just get bigger in one bit. She'd just get, okay, sure, yeah. 
giving birth, don't ask. Maybe it comes out and it's a, it's a taco. Yeah. And he's like... <gasps> <laughs> yeah. At one Aussie nerd says, word gets out of the revolution in a store and now all the food and humans go to war. So essentially what you pitched. Mm-hmm. And finally, Blokebusters at Blokebusters said, I'm sitting this one out. It's so bad. I only made it five minutes in before turning it off. Five so, minutes? Five minutes. I would say that song is probably the best part of the movie. So. Yeah, like, the film's really not got that bad in the first five minutes. No. Well, if Blokebusters couldn't get that far, I don't think the rest would have been... No, they would not have appreciated taste. the rest. It was only downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, those are our listener submissions, so thank you, guys. If you have any sequel ideas for Sausage Party or any movies we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is also available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You name it, we're on it. If we're not on it, we should be. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. And if you really like the show, you can become a VIP listener on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set. And we have merchandise available at tpublic.com. So next week. Next week, we're going higher brow or lower brow? Well, higher than this. <laughs> it's, my, it's my choice. I think higher brow, not, not high brow. No, no, well, having put you through some. I mean, I feel less sympathy now having sat through this shit, but... Yeah, fair. You know, I've, I've put you through... I don't, re- I don't regret picking this one. No, 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 it's fine. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I've put you through some stuff recently. You know, I've given you a Yentl. I've given you Blue Velvet. Mm. I thought I would, I would give something fun and lighthearted and entertaining that I'm pretty sure you'll have a great time with. So I am going to nominate a film called Death Becomes Her. Ever heard of it? It sounds familiar. It's a well-known film. It's by a director that we have featured many times before. I think our most featured director. Do you know who that director might be? No. Robert Zemeckis. He directed Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. He directed Castaway. Mm-hmm. He directed Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Might be it. There might be one more. I think him and Christopher Nolan are like tied. This might push over the edge for our most featured director. Okay. So yeah, it's a Robert Zemeckis film. Mm-hmm. It's got a great cast. If you don't know it though, I would say about this film... Don't watch it over breakfast. Not because mm. it's gross or disturbing or anything, but I would watch this on an evening in a good mood with a beer. Mm-hmm. It's a fun film. Don't just watch it with like half watching something else. Actually, enjoy this film because I think you'll have fun with it. Mm. Genuinely. Okay. Sure. So, cool. So, yep. Join us next week for Death Becomes Her. Lovely. All right. See you then. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm a hard, horny taco.